out there, and welcome back to Between Two Worlds, a podcast about belief, unbelief, and everything in between. I'm Scott Trout, and here with my good friend and teacher, Ashlyn Moore. So I'm curious, yeah, other other um, thoughts or, or questions that you had towards me based on episodes that you'd listened to or, yeah, previous previous discussions that have been had on the podcast? How often... Well, it's it's that you sort of I mostly answer this I think, but like I said, you you don't really you you generally ask questions and you're ha- sort of happy for people to pick apart. <laughs> most it's mostly be non Christians, and then a part of that coming from I guess the society is like based on Christianity. Like that's uh, people are sort of I guess a lot attacking a lot of your beliefs. So that might, it feels like that must be tough. <laughs> I that just, must be tough to have to do. I don't know how you, how did you do it? Like a podcast after podcast. Really. <laughs> Signing up <laughs> the beating every time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's because I do long to know what is, what is true. And it is, it is painful to be confronted with what you think um, is true, might not be true. Um, but I think that's why it's so important to hear other people's stories. It's like that, again, that plausibility thing, like it's just so easy to have kind of like a stereotype of the other until yeah. you actually meet somebody who believes those things. Wow. Okay. I can see where they, where they came from. Um, so that's a little bit of like why I want to do this. I, I have friends on both sides and I don't know if a lot of Christians have, you know, non-Christian friends and, um, non-Christians do uh, Christian friends, especially like kind of in the improv world, it's like m- maybe there are people that were maybe quietly believing, but I would say mm-hmm. predominantly like people were were more yeah irreligious and rational thinking, and um, yeah. And then in my nav world, they would never dream of being like in the improv world, and <laughs> and so that for me already is just a sad thing. It's like you guys should know each other, um, <laughs> but it's really easy for each of those to become echo chambers. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Do you, have you, has it, has it felt like I'm, um, getting torn, torn down or something or, or that my thought? No, not really. You, you always seem very, you're very like calm and happy about it. There was like once or twice where I think you would literally say, okay, this is pretty tough to, to talk about this or to listen to this or something. But, yeah. But apart mm-hmm. from that, it's like, uh, yeah, not at all. I think if it was, if the things was reversed where you were just, confronting me about my beliefs for like two hours and I, w- I think i would have a harder time just sort of staying cool cool about it I don't know. yeah yeah because it's not well, just like it's not just like being told you're wrong about the capital of uruguay it's sort of cool it's cool beliefs yeah right <laughs> they're, they're harder to sort of to th- even think about yeah totally totally yeah no and i mean I, for the most part i think it's that respectfulness but it can also err on, ah, oh, everything's cool. Yeah. What I just said is cool. And what I just said is cool, even though they're like completely not coherent <laughs> together. Yeah. 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 And that's also what I'm trying to avoid on the podcast too. Like, well, I don't necessarily, yeah, I don't think that like, yeah, you can't, some things can't coexist. And so that's the part I'm trying to grow in is how to actually lean into that conflict a little bit more. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. 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 And uh, with Sadomini, one of my guests, um, we were talking about how 
she was asking me like, Hey, what kind of things have changed as you've been doing these podcasts? And, Hmm. um, but you kind of almost need confrontation to, to fully change. If someone's just like, well, here's what I believe. I'm like, Oh, that's cool. But until they actually like say what you just said, isn't right or isn't true or it's yeah. or these things you're, you're missing. That's when it actually forces me to, to confront, confront what, what I'm saying. Yeah. So I see it as valuable. I don't love it. So I, I, I kind of like the cheery, like, yeah, we're all thinking yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No one, no one really loves it. Do they like <laughs> confronting, confronting what they, what their core beliefs, but I think we have to, Sometimes we have to suck it up and do it. I, I sort of feel now because, like I said, I've, I've sort of had the, the same basic beliefs for sort of like over tw- over twenty years now, mm. and it's sort of making me a little bit un- uncomfortable. It's like, oh, I've got to find something that that I believe, which there's got to be something I believe that's not true that I, that I should that I should find out about. Mm. But uh, yeah, but then of course I'm still uncomfortable. Like even Sam Harris, I I don't I, don't know, I, don't, I find him a little bit irritating, but most of the I say I don't agree with that much, except that we have the same religious beliefs. I think. Really. But I don't. I'm sort of uncomfortable listening to it because I just find him so irritating. But I guess that's part of this problem, huh. the weakness that I maybe I have. You don't have that. Yeah, you know, listening to people who disagree with me fundamentally. Ashley, what would you say? Well, so I'm just thinking about what you just said about how yeah. like you're feeling a bit like comfortable, um, maybe in your beliefs. Um, are there areas that you're unwilling to look into that you really like? I would rather not redig that up or, or look into that. I don't, well, I'd say in theory, no, there isn't. But there's probably certain things that I'd have to, I'd have to sort of be pushed to really look into it for long enough to, you know, for it to be a real threat to my beliefs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's tough. Though. I think maybe for me, I guess, because I don't have religious beliefs. This, in a way, I feel safe with that. I don't know if there's that much, nothing that could be said to me about the religion that could really change my mind at least quickly. But maybe political beliefs, I do hold probably more strongly. Hmm. And and I would and I would like to sort of not do that, but it's quite hard because yeah, it's agitated when I hear people with opposite beliefs i first well the the big problem we have now is of course there's most of the beliefs on either side that you hear are the extreme versions so they're easy to dismiss yeah so this is the example i don't care about it that much but like the american gun thing about you know american gun say it's like a hot button topic it's it, it's not my country so i can walk away and it doesn't i don't care but when i when i hear like arguments for guns they're mostly just like crazy people say and like mm-hmm. i'm like i think I'll say I think America should limit the guns to some degree. It's sort of admirable in a way that people have a right to bear arms, but mm. it seems a bit crazy given everything else. Mm. But then, mm. but then, but I could be wrong about that. Maybe it's maybe the current system, which has survived all <laughs> all attempts to to break it down, mm. you know, is is totally uh, reasonable. But I don't mm. hear too many a little bits of but, but yeah. But of course, you, you normally hear from the, the crazy people. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fascinating. It, I'm not that, that interested to talk about the gun thing, to be honest, but but that's just an example of, yeah. <laughs> Look, you mentioned that. And I <laughs> um, what's that like in Australia? Is it uh, yeah, no guns? In, in Australia, we had, uh, 
uh, it used to be like there weren't easy as easy access to guns. Like there were, you, you could go buy them. You could even buy semi-automatics for the termino the terminology. Um, where I, I didn't even know that until there was a big massacre where a guy got a whole bunch of AR-15s, I think, and uh, and walked around the town killing people, and he killed like he killed like fifty people. Mm. And then I think in like a month's time, they had banned all semi-automatics in Australia. Mm. The government just bought them all off everyone who owned one and melted them down. And now mm. you can st you can buy like you can still buy guns for basically if if a farmer needs. Oh, actually, I yeah, if, you can buy like um, pistols and and rifle like uh, single action rifle. My terminology are wrong, but you know, just sort of rifles that a farmer will need or something, or even sports <laughs> shooting, but not not guns that the army has basically. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, and but yeah, but also the culture, the cultural view of it is quite different. Well, even though people can buy pistols, most people don't have one. Mm. Well, and this is interesting because it politics is uh, your worldview applied. Yeah, and so the way you yeah, you can look at maybe somebody's individual pol political views and start to get a, a bigger picture of maybe how they see how they see the world. Um, in that vein, what, what, how would you articulate your, your political beliefs more kind of in a grand narrative? Like how do you see, um, humanity? How should we treat each other? What role should government play in that? Um, yeah, if I had to say simply, I would, I would say I'd sort of like a cl classical, uh, like a, like a liberal social democratic socialist or something like that. So basically, the model you have in in Europe and Australia, hmm. even that, yeah. So where there's sort of like, uh, in a way, I'm not beholden to one any particular political philosophy, but I, I think capitalism is actually fine in moderation. But but there's no one there's no one no one political philosophy which can can solve the whole of you know human existence. So. You can't go too crazy with it. Just like, yeah. If you have pure capitalism, there's just some people, in my view, some people are always going to just end up with everything, just mm. like the, just like the game Monopoly mm. shows. Yeah. Mm. So, so, to me, it seems that the, the best thing at the moment is to have like a, a semi-free market and a and a social safety net. Mm. And then I guess I most yeah. And then but then with I guess like freedom of speech and uh, stuff like that. Mm. Maybe. Okay, and so then with freedom of speech, yeah. where does that then, how does that intermingle with religious freedom? Um, and especially in societies where the cohesion, social cohesion is not going as well because of the competing ideas. I mean, you kind of see this a little bit in Europe. like Yeah, like uh, France uh, is probably the, a really good example of that. For sure. Yeah, that's what makes it tough because France, in a way, is like all about liberalism. Uh, yeah, but then they have a, a, a lot of problems because of the, the ghettoization and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, how do you solve that? I don't really know. Although I think a lot of the the simple narrative is that the, there's the Muslims on one side and then the secular things, which is like like Catholic culturally, I guess, and mm -hmm. a, the Catholic has some power, but most people don't care at all. Mm -hmm. Them against the Muslims, but most of the secular laws against it aren't particularly liberal. They're like telling people, telling women what they can wear, what they can't wear, if they can't wear burgers, they can't do this, they can't do that. So to mm -hmm. me, it sort of seems against the 
against liberal liberal ideas. Right. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's not there's no simple solution. It's not like they just have to not do that. <laughs> and and would you, and so then are you a, in a favor in favor of government pulling back some of religion religion's grip in order to uh, create more uh, safety or equality or um, yeah, it, it depends what the religion's grip is. I guess I, I guess I, I yeah I would I th- I like. Uh, I think uh, maybe it's like with, like everything. If you just count religion as like any other thing in society, that it should you should have the most power, the most freedom to do whatever you want, as long as you're not impinging on anyone else's else's freedom. Hmm. And so, so the easy the easy thing is well, uh, like you, it's fine to uh, wear a burqa, but you shouldn't be able to tell your wife or your daughter to wear a burqa. It's easy to say in principle, but in practice, it's right. not. And then you, and then if you, if you, if you have a law, I guess saying, well, you can't tell your wife, you can't tell your wife to to wear a burqa or your daughter to wear a burqa. There's a law enforcing that to stop men forcing their daughters, as ha- as already happening in Germany and Denmark. Should there be a law to stop um, Jewish parents circumcising their children? You know? and, and that's where it gets quite difficult. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. it, it's always complicated. <laughs> it's not easy. Like I said, apply applying a philosophy to to human existence. So there's always going to be. It's never going to be clear. Hmm. And, and maybe that's what slide difference. A slide difference between politics and religion is that most religions make absolute truth claims, and some politics does, but it's mostly just about well, this is what we want. It's harder to argue someone out of wanting something, isn't it? Yeah, especially when um, politics is often trying to be more like, um, is the word egalitarian? Like they're trying to do the most amount of good for the most amount of people. Yeah. It's the wrong term. Um, Yeah. But that is often sometimes maybe at the expense of some little minority that's trying to hold out for their... Yeah, for sure, yeah. For the one thing. Hmm. Yeah, but but and then I think there's there's the things at the extremes, but then there's also the most of the stuff in the middle, which maybe is where where less of the news gets talked about because the extremes are interesting, but there's still a lot of work to be done in the middle. And mm-hmm. I sort of feel like politics. Are, well, we don't want to make this a, a political podcast, but a lot of the politics at the moment is at the extremes, and in the middle, there's nothing nothing happening. Yeah, I mean, is there something that you're wondering about what? What uh, I might believe on it to, to define some more of that middle middle ground. I was wondering. I talked about how uh, I felt at least that my 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 Christian upbringing informed my politics, but mm-hmm. then I don't know. It, it could as well, of course, be that that was just me, and then there was like everyone else in my in my class was like you know very right wing or something center. Mm-hmm. You know? I don't think that's true, but I'm sure there was a variation. But I'm curious about how, in in the 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 the, the navigators, we'll call them, like the sector, mm-hmm. whatever you, for the branch of Christianity you come from, how how does that affect religion? Like, does, do they tend to be of the same religious bent, or is it mm. just the does the organization itself make political pronouncements? Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. 
Um, so within the navigators, no. Mm-hmm. Um, they really try to just say, uh, so they, they call themselves an uh, interdenominational Christian organization. So um, they'll work with any denomination, especially when it's revolving mm-hmm. around students. Like, doesn't matter if you were raised Catholic or you're raised Lutheran mm-hmm. or uh, Orthodox or whatever. Um, and yeah, and then they're really trying to find that balance of, yeah, they, so they don't play any sort of game of like, this is how you should vote or there's like a, a really wide berth of yeah. political um, views and within the navigator community. So the, the thing that unites us is, yeah, wanting to help people uh, understand who Jesus is and, yeah. and learn to, to live like him. Um, so that's kind of nice that yeah. it's, it's not a, and I think you see that a lot with like organizations, of course, though, there's a lot of pressure in today's society, uh, especially when it comes to like race to take a stance. Like, are you on this side? Are you on this side? Or yeah. um, to be a bit proactive on uh, issues, but politics—they really try to try to stay out of. Okay, sure. But then, do you do you worship at the Navigators, or you belong to another a branch where right. where you're getting your theology or something from? And yeah, so here we're, we're part of a local church at the Von Buchkirk, um and it's called Liberty Church, and it's like an international. Um, yeah, church. Um, so I've never necessarily been a part of a church that's like super vocal about it, about its politics. Okay. Um, yeah, because I think, to be honest, I think of American churches as political because because so much of American politics is is based on the church, isn't it? And I guess yeah. that's a, pre- a prejudice of mine. So I always wonder when I meet like an, a religious American how much how much that's a part. Mm. Of, to be honest, yeah. Mm. Yeah, interesting. No, yeah, yeah. I would say, I mean, so I would say for sure my religion shapes a lot of my, uh, yeah. my political views. Um, yeah. Yeah. So like I would probably be more on the limited government side of things. Um, but I don't necessarily know if that's from my Christianity or if that's from like my, uh, geo- geographical upbringing. So yeah. if you're from more of a city in America, you tend to be more, blue leaning democrat leaning um, yeah yeah the american version of liberal um and and part of me wonders is is it is it just informed by the amount of people and space that i'm used to operating under so when i think about guns um it's because i am used to a family space and and like state we're from colorado where um there's a lot more of the functionalness of guns yeah. Versus a place like Massachusetts, where it's super densely populated and guns becomes a very, very scary thing. Um, but yeah, yeah. So I, I have definitely a strong sense that like um, some some prejudices prejudices just is against the government of it being like more on the inefficient side of things. If you try to centralize control into one area, like yeah things are going to get missed. And and so the more localized you can get government, that's, I think, and that goes all the way down to the family. So I think the family should have the most power um, Mm -hmm. to municipality, state, and then federal on the back end. And so I think that's a big one of the divides in America that, and especially on moral issues, I think the government should not be making moral decisions. But then I was talking to one of my Dutch friends out here and he said, (laughs) no, he really thinks that the government is the moral force that should keep things accountable. yeah yeah that's interesting yeah it's funny because i I think 
and it's funny how you say it. it's interesting. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a cohesive political philosophy you, you just explained, and I definitely yeah I can agree, sort of agree with uh, that. It's a, yeah, um, so, but, so but, but 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 it's funny that you say it comes from the religion because in a way I think of that's like a very American philosophy that you said, and I think Christians in Russia think of Christianity as saying that the government should be big, and I think Christianity in Europe think of you know it's like the limited government thing. It feels like uh, something that maybe what we're talking about, what I was talking about before with the, the Germans and, and the pagans and that it's like the, you've got the, the, the cultural thread of limited government based on the history of America and geography and that. Right. Linking up with the, the, the Christianity. And, and I think just like I do with my, my, the background of Australia, the history of Australia and how I, I attach, attach the Catholicism that I grew up with to, to my left leaning things. Because of course there's, right. there's, there's plenty of, uh, Horrible right. Um, sorry, I shouldn't say that. Even like that. But, well, I mean, there's there's there's, there's right winning um, politics uh, that that have been supported by the Catholic Catholic Church, and also mm. and also horrible right leanings like Franco and, um, and mm. some of the South American ones. Yeah, mm. not saying in, I'm not saying that, um, like the right you know the right wing of politics is horrible, but just this is extreme. Just like this horrible left wing politics. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> Qualify. Um, extreme versions on both sides. Right. Um, well, and I was just actually, just to that point, uh, a friend who, uh, was from Belarus and yeah. he's now studying here. I didn't know this, but I guess, um, in countries that were formerly more Orthodox or, or raised or, so this is like Russian Orthodox, Greek Orthodox. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he talked about this idea of, uh, symposium. Let me, let me just see if I can find this text, but he talks about, <laughs> um, oh, symphonia that the church and state needed to be fused. So this is maybe more the orthodox view, yeah. dating way back to the original church, even potentially, um, which is maybe different from the traditional Catholic view that they should be distinct. Um, so like have kind of like their own spheres or, or uh, things that they're responsible for, but yeah. can still be united. And this is certainly seen in the Pope who talked about the sword and the cross in his two different hands. I don't remember what Pope it is. But then it's a distinctly Protestant idea that they should be separate. And so then you can see, so Russian Orthodox, yeah. there's probably a lot more okayness with, with the government handling things. And then you take America, um, and especially, uh, like Massachusetts, which is one of our first kind of like really beacons of, I don't know, Americanism where they, where this Protestant thoughts started getting pushed out. Separation of church and state is like a very, hardline kind of thing yeah similar actually here in netherlands that they really they pull like they really prize that yeah so that's interesting mm-hmm. um yeah so i think i see roots of that in my in my philosophy yeah um yeah interesting so ashley uh one of the things i also wanted to chat about is yeah. um raising a kid uh-huh. and how uh you know we can talk all day long about things that we are thinking about. But when you have a kid, you, you have to teach them how to be a good human. What is ethics? What is good? What's wrong? Um, how to treat people. And so how have you handled that with your boy? Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, <laughs> at the beginning, you're just sort of in survival mode, I think. So you don't have to think about I'm it there. too much. I'm right there. But then, 
And then, okay, I'll just say that, I'll just say the things as they come to me. The first maybe confrontation of it was at the, at the talk of baptism because, um, yeah, because this might sound crazy, but me and my wife had never really talked too much about our religious beliefs until our, our son was born. And we still haven't in a way. It's like not something, huh. like I'm really interested in religion and she really knows it. And then I've, I've talked to her a little bit. She just doesn't seem that interested in religion. So, huh. so, so you know, we don't ask her about it. So, uh, so anyway, but then we were getting some pressure from from her French um, grandparents uh, yeah, to, oh, when is he getting baptised? And I was like, oh, okay, this is a thing. And I was, and then so then I think, okay, what do I want to do about this? Like, yeah, to me, it's it's just, it's it's a ritual. There's no sort of um, reason for it or something. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, but it's no, it doesn't it doesn't affect anything. It's no like a. Well, I don't even I don't even know what is the effect in. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, if he gets water on his head, it doesn't it doesn't hurt right. him in any way. Yeah, but oh, then okay, in, yeah. but then in a way, I also sort of feel, oh maybe I don't want to. I don't want to seem disingenuous, and I don't want to give the authority to this guy I don't know who belongs to this system of thought, which which I just don't think is is true, mm. <laughs> you know. So, uh, but then, do I really care enough about that to upset other people? So that was a tough, that was a little tough little thing. But in the end, I think Vera said, "I oh, know we're not going to do that." So, oh, okay. and that's when I realized, oh, okay, she 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 didn't want to do it either. So she yeah, mm. she was enough against it to yeah. So that, that was just an interesting little thing about how to, yeah, a confrontation of, I guess, sectarianism, sectarianism hmm. with, I guess, with like non-religion being another, another sect. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Hmm. So that, so that's just that, which isn't really ethical or anything like that. And then apart from that, I think I try to mostly just, just raise, do the ethics and stuff by example. Like I really just try to not tell him things and just, just, do it by example as much mm. as I can. You know, sometimes you can't do that. And then try to, yeah, it's funny because I, I found it sometimes I would think oh, I'd have to say, oh, well, if you did that to this guy, you know, how would he feel if that happened to you? And this, you know, sort of thing. But it turns out my son seems quite empath- empathetic. And so it's not something I even actually have to, it's nothing mm. I have to actually teach him, which is mm. sort of good, I guess. And mm. I don't know if that's just how he is or maybe he's, he's seeing my, empathic behavior because i feel i feel like i'm fairly high on the empathy score so it's almost mm. annoying annoyingly sometimes oh interesting <laughs> um yeah and then yeah he's still only five so he's sort of just just getting out of the just reacting to things phase you know where you, where huh. you, you just got to give him rules yeah. just to stop him being hurt and it's just starting with the with the more sort of the bigger questions huh and oh, how do yeah. you guys handle uh, like discipline or yeah, like with rules, what would, how, yeah, how do you, yeah. 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 To me, this doesn't really have anything to do with, I mean, this, you mean like ethical stuff or just mean like rules in general about, yeah, I, know, yeah, I think I, I was raised, I think fairly easygoing. And so we, I try, I try, try to keep the, I try to like only close the borders at, at the sort of last minute, you know, like, mm. okay, I'll let him have as much freedom. And, say, and I hear you can't do that because you'll hurt yourself or you can't do that mm. because you'll upset this person. Mm. Yeah, and then, like I say, just modeling the behavior and hope, hope he sees that. 
mostly works. I mean, of course, this thing's like brushing his teeth. He's just got to brush his teeth. And yeah. I just try to exercise as much patience as I can. And you know, sometimes you yell, you know, <laughs> whatever. It's tough, especially when you're tired, which is most of the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I really just try to patience and then not, yeah, just persistence. Um, and then stories. Have you have you told him any biblical like would that ever come up or um stories you read to him is it just kind of things that you have been given to you or um maybe there's just not much thought to it of some of the moral lessons or or narratives that we want to read to him as a, like i guess when we start to think about our girl when she's maybe around five but we would have like a kid's bible or something so we'd show him the different stories or or show her sorry the last thing I heard was stories. Do you have you ever read in biblical stories? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I was just wondering, like, how do you pick what stories uh, to read to him? Yeah, we, you know, we just we we have so many books in the house of just different stories about animals and plants, and he has little things about wizards and witches huh. and whatever octopuses that talk and stuff. Yeah, huh. yeah. I'd be interested to read him biblical stories. To be honest, I think most biblical stories aren't appropriate for children. <laughs> There's some crazy ones. For yeah. Real. And even the, some of the ones, like, to me, Noah, like, yeah, Noah Flood is a horrendous story. It has, it has a lot of, like, nice little images. And, and I would feel even uncomfortable now just, I know there's children's versions of it, but I, I wouldn't want to tell him, I wouldn't want to give him a story that sort of glosses over a genocide at this age, mm. if you mm. know what I mean. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, totally I'll sense. definitely tell them about the stories when they're age appropriate. Because, like I said, like, yeah, and and I'm, and I'm sure there's some ones that are just good for kids. I feel awful. Just yeah, yeah. I don't mean to be sort of. I don't want to be unfair, but yeah, hmm. I'm trying to think which stories would be appropriate. But I'm I'm, I'm totally up for it. <laughs> I um, can think of them. And then, if he were to be a Christian, if yeah. he were to want to believe in God, how would you handle that? Yeah, that, I, I guess I would be, I'd be, yeah, it wouldn't worry me to be honest. I'd be surprised. I, I guess I'd sort of be surprised, but it wouldn't worry me as long as everything else was fine. I'd be, like I said, if, if he, uh, well, if he was a sort of Christian that thought that, that, that being gay was, was bad and you should treat gay people badly, that I'd be upset about that. But if he was huh. the sort of Christian where it didn't affect, yeah, where it, where he was, you know, still a nice person, then then hmm. I go, okay, fair enough. And because uh, I know he'll disagree with me about all sorts of things, and yeah, he'll disagree right. with me about politics and and right, you know, right, whatever. As as is the way of of children. Um, hmm. So the non negotiables is really like how you treat treat somebody. You can believe what you want, but how you treat someone. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even even if he, I guess, belonged to a sect that or, or a religion that did think gay, being gay was bad, as long as he, yeah, as long as he didn't do anything to to restrict the rights of gay people, yeah, yeah, that was fine. If he voted for someone who was, said that's what they're going to do, then I would be upset about. It. I'd be uh, I'd be up, disappointed at that. But yeah. mm, the other mm. thing, I go, well, okay, you can have that as a philosophical thing that I just think is totally wrong, but whatever. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Well, Ashley, you're not crazy. That's what I've concluded. It'd be sort of fun. Maybe, you know, you could try to convince me that I was wrong all these years. So. 
Well, yeah, I was trying. I remember I, there was a moment in the in the first part. Um, well, so uh, when you do, do you do you still read the Bible? Is that a thing you do? Yeah, not often, but sometimes. Because what it sounds like is it's still you're you're listening to a lot of other people talk about things or or what they believe or yeah yeah yeah. So it's less. It's more in like maybe the observ- observational aspect of like curiosity as to why people would think the way that they do, versus mm, the more reflective of like what could this be saying to me or yeah. I think this is yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to just interrupt you. No, no, good. Yeah, I to be honest, I think I I really I read the the first couple of chapters of Genesis like every so often because it's super. It's a great story, and then it gets boring really quick. <laughs> like I get so excited, oh yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read the Bible the whole way through, and then it just gets so tedious, and then and then a lot of it that's not tedious, it's just like pointless, you know. I think like uh, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff in there, mm. but also I think there's a lot. Yeah, most of it's you know, there's better things to be reading, I think, than mm. a lot of it. And even in even in the and I think I, I read the in the past I've read. I, yeah, in the past, I've read the Bible, but I've read it, so I'm going to move on to other texts. I'm not going to read the same text over and over, you know, because I don't, I don't think, yeah. It, to me, it's just another text, like a, a very influential, good text. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so in a way, there's, it's more interesting now to read other people's interpretations of it, which is what most people do anyway. I think so. Because, yeah, you, yeah you, you read through a lot of the books and they don't make a lot of sense even or something, mm-hmm. or, or mm-hmm. there's so much context in, involved in in what to make of it, mm-hmm. that it's it's useful to have. Yeah. So I normally I'll normally read like, I'll, like I'll, I'll hear a, a podcast or read a thing about, you know, some story, and then go read the story to see how it checks out with what they're saying, and sometimes the the, the thing on either side to check how it fits into the context. Or mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So uh, if you okay, so I do have a, a significant amount of Christian listeners. Um, what would you want them to push up against you on, or uh, if they were to take you to task on something or, or a challenge, you could? Yeah, it's tough because I don't even know now what would convince me. Yeah, huh. I would think I'd be curious to know, and maybe you can even answer this. What would yeah, what would be your, well, what would be your go-to thing or your faith? Because if I, I say, what would be your favorite argument to convince someone of Christianity? But I think I've heard them and, and sort mm. of probably reject them. But maybe, maybe there's, there's new ones or something. Mm. Thing. Mm. I don't know. In a way, I don't know because I, because I, I think I, I have to be surprised because I've sort of been through it, you know, enough of it that mm. it'd have to be something that I haven't considered. And, yeah. Mm. Mm. Okay. Well, listeners. Let's see what you can come up with. Um, hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, it's the thought that I am not the only, I'm not the only one guiding my development. That I think is a huge part of it for me that I, of course, there's the the community aspect and the, and the teaching aspect and the, uh, accountability, like you were working out, Hey, what does this mean for us in, in together? So actually it's very vibrant. Like I love that. The fact that we're, yeah. um, 
it's not just me on the earth learning about things that I find interesting and then figuring out what should I do about that. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's places to go to work that out with other people. But then there's also just the belief in God who is over the entire universe. And so he's vast, but then he's also personal. Um, And you see this throughout Genesis. Genesis is a story of individuals having experiences with God, not nations. Even Abraham, he's like, I'm going to, you are going to become a nation. And Israel does come out of him. But at first it's just these individuals. And so there's in there, um, yeah, this belief that God is vast, but he also is personally knows me and he's uh, knowable. Um, So this is through the, yeah, yeah. The Bible. um, There's a sense that as I come to it, this is the difference between reading something um, academically just to kind of know the facts and reading something yeah. religiously is to keep coming back to the same story, believing that there's something in it for me yeah, yeah. new and fresh. Um, so I'm just about to start reading the book of Mark again. And I've read it. I don't know. I haven't not too many times, but I'm really excited to just yeah. see as I live back into the footsteps of Jesus and um, seeing what he might be teaching me. And it's very reflective. So I'm writing, okay, this is what stood out to me. Um, and where does that potentially apply in my current life? And how can I live more into that, that principle? Um, and yeah, you know, and then, and then prayer, I think is actually super vibrant for me. Like it's uh, so I can learn about God, but then I can also, yeah, talk and have access to, to that source. So uh, it very well could be um, mm-hmm. just a belief feedback loop that makes me feel nice. And it's just, I just keep kind of coming back. Um because we talked a little bit about that in the part one. Uh, well, actually, let me pause. So I'm curious. So those, okay. those would be some of the things that actually really drive me. I don't know if they'd convince you, but they, they, they're powerful for me. And I'd be wondering if you have the equivalent maybe of some. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think sometimes that sometimes. Um, that's probably the thing where I think, okay, that's probably the, the biggest thing. If, if hypothetically, in 10 years' time, I was Christian again or religious again. That was probably the thing that the sort of idea of um, maybe a purpose or just having this sort of personal thing so you never feel alone or something mm-hmm. like that. Or, yeah, it's not even that you never feel alone, but yeah, it's this sort of a bigger thing, isn't it? That there's this, there's this thing there. And I can definitely see the appeal of that. Um, uh, yeah. And, for one, yeah. Then I think I think I mentioned before. I don't know. Does does although does being religious solve that, or do you still do you still get that this sort of this, these senses, or would I still get these sort of same feelings if I was a Christian? Would I still have the same thing? But now I'm a Christian, and mm. so that's one thing. I don't know. Um, yeah, and then and the second thing is these are like sort of the advantages of Christianity, and so and like I said. In my current worldview, these are things that are inherent in us as human beings, and other religions have them as well, and they have other ways to get to them. So there's it's a method to get to it. So you just got to find that method. You know, you just got to you know, do the things, mm. and you just yeah. And but then yeah, mm. to to get to that, if that makes sense, yeah. Like there's a there's one. Does that does that make you feel better? And there's two. Is it is it true? And they're two sort of 
Mm. Is is this person I'm talking to a real person in in improv? I think I talked a bit about before. Sometimes you're doing a scene and stuff is just coming out and you don't mm. even know it. Mm-hmm. And then in some like sex of improv, they call that the moose mm. for for historical reasons. And they go, oh yeah, and they talk. It's just this thing inside you, like um, that writers have it as well. Don't have a don't have a word for when you're right. The not the muse. Hang on. But yeah, oh, yeah they the call they, yeah, yeah. they call the muse. It's like this uh, this subconscious part of you that just comes out and it's it's doing yeah. it's much smarter than you and doing all these brilliant things that you could never do. Yeah. <laughs> And, and like again, in my current worldview, it's sort of the same. It's that's it's your subconscious, and you're accessing the greater part of you mm. to to get to these to get to these. Uh, Sorry, real brief pause. Yeah. Oh man, this was classic Australian English catching me off guard. Because you would spell that M U S E, right? No, M O. Ah, that's where the, that's where Impro gets it from. No, it's M O O S E, Moose, because it's from Canada. Okay, yeah, it, yeah. Uh, it's a pun on the muse. There you go. Oh, okay, I, okay. I, I have heard this 20 years ago. I only now got the pun. That's amazing. Oh, hilarious. I was oh, like, wow, um, Yeah. So, Ashley, do you have practices then that you regularly practice to get you into that state? I guess improv and, and I mean, do you do meditation? Do you what, For improv? Uh, no, well, no, just in your personal life. like. Um, uh, yeah, I think I probably don't regularly practice it. That's one good thing about religion. It's a formalized thing. So it forces you, well, it doesn't force you, but there's a system set up for you to do it, even when you don't feel like it, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. and, and you're in a group to do it. So I most, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, sometimes I guess I, I should do stuff when, mm-hmm. when I need it, I guess that I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, to me, the practice, as the two practices that I do to get into that state were improv and, uh, and okay. climbing. Yeah. 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 And then, and sometimes when I think about it, I have other things where I just take those, the, the parts of that, the breathing and the uh, analyzing your body and yeah, yeah, just, I guess, standard meditation techniques to, to try right. to get into that if I need to. Right. Well, so a little bit like during COVID, have you been struggling? Or you yeah, been it's been here? tough. For me, it's been really, like I said, I thought I'd be fine with COVID because I'm, I'm a person who's sort of fairly solitary. But then I've been taking away my two like big, mechanisms for let's say coping right. or for like just connecting to the greater world right and yeah and so now i have to find ways to to do that without those two things mm-hmm. well it's been hard for christians too church is largely irrelevant it's just a youtube yeah. church and it's like what is what Not good yet. is that uh it's just it's taken just the intellectual form without the community and the experiential and it's like yeah, yeah you yeah. can't have christianity when it's just intellect um yeah so i i've been feeling that like Church in my pajamas in my living room, that is not church. Uh, yeah, okay. That's interesting. That's really, I ne- it never occurred to me, but of course it makes perfect sense. Yeah. And singing by myself, I don't want to hear that. Um, uh, but it, but there's something very spiritual about a room of people singing. And then when it's just me and Brianna, like, oh man, it, it's uh, been yeah. really hard to, to feel the, the corporateness of yeah. our faith. So this is great. Okay, so a little bit of a challenge out there to you listeners. What would you do to convince Ashley? And you don't have to be a Christian. You can be from another religion, but he's just sitting on his couch waiting for somebody to help him out here. So send him some stuff. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. That'd be awesome. And Ashley, if you had one final message to the world, what would it be? Uh. If you hear somebody experience something, don't say no straight away. Just pause a second. 
and see what happens. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Love it. Improv at work. Ashley, thanks. Thank you for being here and doing this. Oh, thank me. you for having me. It was great fun. Yeah, and maybe we'll continue the conversation. We'll see if people get back to us. And for all you out there, we would love to hear from you. Do follow us on Instagram at Between Two Worlds Podcast. It's a podcast about belief, unbelief, and everything in between. Thank you for listening.